0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, let's take you back, shall we? Back 25 years ago to April 8th, 1994. Do you remember where you were when you heard that Kurt Cobain was dead? He was found on this day in 1994. And here's how ABC News reported on it.
1: Kurt Cobain was the lead singer of the group Nirvana. Their albums were best sellers, their songs filled with images of despair and violence. One lyric, the sun is gone, but I have a light, the day is done, but I'm having fun. And then this morning, his body found at home, another casualty of success. Here's ABC's Tom Foreman. As lead singer, songwriter and guitar player for Nirvana, Kurt Cobain defined the rough rock sound and scruffy look known as grunge. With songs like Lithium and Heart-Shaped Box, his band was sitting on top of the rock music world. This morning an electrician went to Cobain's suburban Seattle home to do some work, looked in a window over the garage and saw a body.
0: It was obvious
1: this man is dead from a shotgun wound to the head. Now, there was a suicide note
0: left inside the, the house.
1: Recently, it was clear Cobain was in trouble. Last month in Rome, he fell into a drug and alcohol-induced coma. Days ago, his band dropped out of a major American tour. It was rumored they were breaking up. Many people over 30 probably never heard of Kurt Cobain, but for younger fans, his music captured the spirit of the difficult transition from youth to maturity. His songs were full of despair and violent images. He was only 27. Tom Foreman, ABC News, Los Angeles.
0: Sometimes you really do forget how great Nirvana was, especially that unplugged CD. That had a huge impact on so many people. And if you want to feel old for a moment, think about this. His daughter, Frances Bean Cobain, that he shares with Courtney Love. Well, Frances Bean Cobain is now 26 years old. We're going to talk about the legacy and the impact now of Kurt Cobain with the help of Alan Cross, our global news music commentator and host of the ongoing history of new music on CFOX. Alan, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. How big of a day was this 25 years ago? Do you remember it?
2: I do. I was on the air that day and this was pre-internet, pre-social media, even pre-email. So all we had to go on was coming what was coming, o- what was, uh, coming over the, the newswire and whatever phone calls we could make out to Seattle to find out what was going on. So the news folded rather unslowly. It was started about uh, one forty-five Eastern time that day. It was a Friday afternoon. And over the next two hours, the information came out piecemeal. And I, I have a recording of me somewhere uh, t- at 3.38 that afternoon breaking in and telling everybody the news and i think oh my god don't mess this up this is a generation's jfk moment this is the same kind of impact that uh, john lennon's death or Elvis presley's death ha- had on, on other generations so don't screw it up and i was right uh, it, it became one of those those moments where you remember where you were what yeah. you were doing and how you felt when you heard the
0: news that is so true. For people who don't remember, how significant how significant of a band has Nirvana been, Alan?
2: Oh, uh, extremely. I would say that Nirvana has become the last real superstar rock band uh, to come out. So much has changed in the, in the world of music with the rise of hip hop and R and B, and with the changes in technology. That you know, our, Nirvana was that one of that those bands that organically came out of nowhere to sell probably 30 million copies of, uh, of Nevermind. And everybody uh, of a certain generation, a certain age, agreed that this was a good band. Yeah, that's and so true. People, for, people forget that we were, in 1991, we were in a musical sort of wasteland. Um, classic rock and the hair metal of the 1980s had grown stale and tired. And there was this huge group of Generation Xers who were really worried about their lot in life. For the first time since World War II, this is a generation that thought that, well, we might not be able to achieve the same standard of living as our parents. They were overeducated and unemployed, and there was a terrible recession. It was a a bad time to be uh, a young person for a lot of reasons. And Nirvana comes along, and Kurt Cobain has this way of somehow capturing and expressing their fears and anger and hopes and dreams and all those things. And it happens so fast. Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit came out on the 27th of, I think it was the 27th of August of 1991. And then about a month later, three weeks later, Nevermind comes out. They thought, the record label thought, the band thought that, well, if we sell 100,000 copies over the lifetime of this record, we'll consider that to be a success. Within a month, this record was selling 300,000 copies a week. It's amazing. And by January, they had knocked Michael Jackson out of the number one spot on the album charts.
0: That is unreal. I think we forget, Alan, sometimes, like especially when you listen to them, how different their sound was. Like, right away, as soon as you heard them for the first time, you thought, well, I haven't heard something like that before.
2: I was the first person to play the uh, Smell Like Teen Spirit on the radio in Toronto. A guy walked it into the studio. He put this on next. All right, fine. What is it? It's some uh, band from Seattle called Nirvana. Okay, fine. Put it on. And immediately, and I mean, immediately, the phone started ringing. People were, what is this? Yeah. Tell me more. Again, you had to be there. <laughs> it was it was the last time I can remember uh, such a spontaneous, such an organic uh, coming together of rock fans with this consensus that, yep, this is what we want and this is good.
0: That is so true. It's also such a throwback, too, isn't it? Though, like of how music today strikes me as being so overproduced, and yet this was such an organic sound, as you said.
2: Well, they recorded the album in two weeks. Uh, Kurt was unhappy with the way the album sounded at the end because he thought it sounded too polished. Oh. He thought it sounded too slick. Um, but <laughs> whoever, whoever, well, it was a guy named Andy Wallace who did the final mix, and he got it right because, man, that, uh, it, it, you know, Nevermind's gone down in history as being one of the, the great classic rock records of all time. And like I said, 30 million copies, not bad.
0: Yeah, what is their lasting influence, do you think? Was it the sound of their music? Is it their influence as a band? What is it? Well, uh,
2: they were the leaders of the whole grunge thing. Uh, grunge was alternative music with uh, training wheels. So uh, what had been happening is that this mainstream scene had been happening, and uh, alternative, the alternative universe, had been happening uh, in a parallel course, kind of off to its side in its own little universe. Uh, Nirvana punched the hole between the two and all of this music that had been for weirdos and outliers and outcasts and, uh, disaffected people came flooding into mainstream culture. Thanks to Nirvana and grunge and a couple of other records from Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and everything changed again. So fast, everything from the eighties suddenly sounded overproduced, tame, boring,
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so funny hearing you describe that. I'm thinking back to going. Yeah, that's exactly how it went and what happened. All of a sudden, it was almost like you realized, oh, now we're definitely in a new decade.
2: Oh, definitely. It was uh, the speed. uh, You know, 1991 will go down in 1991, 1992 will go down in history as as uh, years where there was a gigantic. Sea change in rock and there was there was another sea change happening at the same time that we didn't quite notice and that was the rise of rap and hip-hop because that was the beginning of the era of of, of gangster rap and the east coast west coast thing so two things were happening simultaneously it's just that rock took uh most of the headlines because it was still the primary driver of culture when it came to music but uh you know we haven't seen anything like that since we really and i don't think we will
0: do bands Danny bands today kind of hold up Nirvana as an influence?
2: Oh, tons of them. Uh, I mean, we we can go on for 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 days. Um, anybody who's ever picked up a guitar who's under the age of thirty today uh, has had uh, has been exposed to to grunge and, and Nirvana, and uh, there's just no way that some that influence is not uh, rubbed off. And, you know, and Kurt's Kurt's vocal abilities were. One of those once-in-a-generation, maybe once-in-a-two-generation type voices that just had those qualities that you just cannot fake, and you know, people have been looking for somebody like Kurt ever since.
0: That is so true. Listen, Alan, thanks so much for talking about it with us.
2: Oh, you're welcome. I I can't believe it's 25 years.
0: Me I was just thinking that in my head, just thinking that. Alan, thank you. I can't believe it's been 25 years either. That's quite the trip down memory lane there with Alan Cross, global news music commentator and host of the ongoing history of new music on CFOX.